0: Hello and welcome to Mike Martin Asks again. This week, I have a threesome for you guys, which is absolutely awesome. We don't get them very often. Um, and this is the type of threesome you can watch with the kids, unless you don't want to hear swearing and stuff like that. So we, we we will see, okay? But I've got two different guests on today. One of them has got over 11 years experience in affiliate marketing and digital real estate. My audience love digital real estate. We love ranking websites. We love making money online so we're going to get into that today and the other one has got over 10 years of um, experience in affiliate marketing launch jacking so he's a bit of a, a, a digital criminal and e-com which sometimes a digital criminals you don't know we'll find out later today um i'm not going to say too much i've been really excited about getting these two guys on because he's very very close to what i do so today here to share their story and give you some tips and tricks i've got Jonathan gamble and jason colore tell us who you are my friends hey how's it
1: going this is a uh... This is great to be here. Um, so we do a lot of like affiliate marketing, uh, e-commerce. Uh, we just, we go to speak at masterminds. We haven't done a whole lot of speaking, but uh, people have asked us, you know, how do you guys do what you do? So uh, we were just up in Canada last week um, talking to some people about the same kind of stuff too. And uh, that was interesting how a lot of them were interested in, uh, we, you were just talking about before this, which is how we got started, uh, which we don't, we didn't really hear that question a whole lot. Uh yeah, maybe we can talk about that today.
0: It'd be cool. Sounds good. I mean, before we jump on to what you're doing now, uh, let me know. I mean, obviously, I was saying to you earlier, I've heard you two refer that to as the eight-figure affiliates, okay, which when you're talking about affiliate marketing, that's kind of like winning the lottery quite a few times over because they give you the money and there's no customer support. There's, no, there's, there's nothing, right, and people don't realize how good – an affiliate's lifestyle is once you start to build it up um i don't generate a lot in affiliate i probably do 10 to 15 grand a month um but i don't work hard it's stuff that i've accumulated over the years just doing a little bit here a little bit there and we 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 build it up don't get me wrong when we do webinars and stuff like that we might do 100 grand on a webinar but the the re- residual income's normally Fifteen grand a month. So for you guys to be doing regular seven figures a year, and for you guys to be doing eight figures potentially over the last few years, that's that's quite a way up 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 the um, up the ladder compared to the majority of affiliate markets. But let's not jump there first. Let's take you back because there's always a great story behind a great entrepreneur. And let me know where you both got started.
1: Yeah, who's um, going first? I guess I Donathan, go first. Uh... Jason. <laughs> Uh, so I was I was about nineteen when I first I uh, watched the movie The Secret. My dad bought it for me. Um, I'm 37 now, but I spent a couple of years just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Found affiliate marketing a couple years later. Uh, I was working a job, um, but I kind of got the idea from what, reading blogs and different different things about affiliate marketing. Uh, eventually, I got hurt at work and kind of had my back up against the wall. I was uh, on prescription medication, kind of numbed my mind. And I really had to figure something out, so I started building affiliate websites and getting traffic to them. Uh, one night, there was kind of a pivotal moment where I was getting traffic to my sites, but wasn't making any money. I saw this uh, as seen on TV commercial, and I kept seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. So I wrote the, I hand wrote it out because I was like, why are they, why do they keep putting this thing on TV? It must be making money. And then uh, what I learned was kind of uh, learned eventually it was called conversion, but. I took that learning, put it into my sites and started kind of being able to drive how much money they'd make um, through that same formula. Like that problem agitate solve formula is kind of what I reverse engineered and started building more sites. Uh, eventually I built a site in the timeshare industry and sold it to Jonathan and his brother who were in an agency and that's how we met. Um, and then we started kind of working on different projects more and more, got into the gold industry, Uh, met Kelly Felix, and yeah, that's kind of the moment that uh, I met Donathan, and then uh, life's never been the same since then.
0: And you said you started with the, was it the book or the movie The Secret?
1: Uh, It was the movie, like my dad bought me the, just the movie, and I watched it, and I, something about that movie just opened my mind up, because I was, I've been to school, um, through high school, a little bit of college, but uh, the idea that you could kind of, envision something go create something was was a brand new idea to me
0: yeah it's, it's mental in it i'll just a few pages can 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 completely change your life and get you to um kind of look at things different uh, something called the almanac from naval ravikan kind of did the same thing to me that book's um all about like it, it goes back into stoicism and things like that, but it also, it's about understanding the value of things in life and when you've got kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I've been spending so much more time with my kids, so it's, it's, it's definitely been somewhere. Uh, to, but then you went from that to straight into SEO? Um, I kind of uh,
1: found my way and stumbled into SEO because I had created sites and then I was like, wait, somebody said make a blog, but then I needed traffic. So then I'd, I'd figure out, hey, the next step is I need to get traffic to this thing. And so then I got into SEO as kind of a way, uh, to solve that problem. So started looking at keywords, uh, how to, how did I, how do you optimize? Um, that was like the early days where you could just get kind of garbage backlinks, um, public blog networks were a thing that started coming out and, uh, then those kind of crashed, but like it's gone through waves. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of out of necessity. I needed, needed traffic. So I found my way into SEO.
0: Love SEO. Been doing it since 2009, maybe? Wow. So I remember the days, the, the days when you could literally just put fucking keyword location a thousand <laughs> times on a page and say, boom, I'm making loads of money, phone number at the top, yeah. and you're away. Um, and I did that quite a lot. I mean, I used to have 10,000 backlinks on a page linking to all my different pages, and it was all the same keywords, and we'd have like 100,000 page websites ranking in every single area in the country. Um, And we made a lot of money, hell of a lot of money, but... <laughs> Google got smart because we all did the same thing. Those who got yep. in early. So, what about what about you, Donathan? Where, where did you start? Where, where did it where did it begin for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it started in a, in a couple places. Um, one is is in middle school. I was doing uh, just like drop shipping. There was a couple like easy drop shipper. Used to be a drop shipper, so we used to just sign up with them and sell stuff on eBay. Uh, but like, I guess the real start would be when I got out of high school, uh, me and my brother were living in Atlanta and we met Tommy Powers and Devon Brown and, you know, we were going to these networking events and we were broke, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, we started taking on clients, kind of doing the the client SEO. And then we also, you know, started building a couple of sites on our own, started uh, doing affiliate marketing in the grant space and nursing space, uh, got those sites up to a couple grand a month and then ended up selling them. And then like Jason said, uh, my brother and I ended up at an agency and then uh, really it was Jason. So my brother and I, we were doing some affiliate marketing, but it was very low ticket, you know, the $5 transactions, the $10 transactions, and you try to get them up to a couple grand a month and that's a a freaking win, right? Uh, And then Jason introduced this high ticket affiliate um, network in the financial space. Uh, And me and my brother ended up going that route and saying, hey, we're already doing this. In you know, these low ticket areas, we could do the same thing we're doing, but with this new financial offer that Jason showed us. uh, And that's, that's really what upticked our ability to make money with affiliate marketing.
0: So do you use SEO for PPC for Uh, for, for generating traffic? So both of you do do SEO. Yeah. And and do you you rank national sites or local sites? Uh,
2: They'd be national sites.
0: So 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 if if I don't, lo- do much, or-
2: I don't do much local SEO, Jason Jason's more has done more local um with the nature of what he's doing right now. He does more local and national. Uh, but me and my brother have always been more just national. Yeah, so we, we, got into, are-
1: cool. we got into e-commerce and uh, started nationally uh, with some SEO and paid, and then because we wanted to kind of change our relationship with different manufacturers, wanted to get into local. It's right right around COVID too, where we kind of had more money to spend like wanted to try other things because i was on an uptick so we got into local um it also kind of helped solve kind of the the bust of covid where there was less traffic after uh, people went back to work so by having local so we, we we really started using local seo for that stuff like local shops getting the gmb ranked having a site that's ranked right under it um it's worked really well
0: what was your strategy be for that then
1: uh i mean compared to national i think it's pretty simple uh so the first site we started we just looked at competitors looked at how their sites were structured all the services they're offering made a list of keywords and said hey maybe we'll go into some of these services later so we'd add those pages on our site um but we kind of looked at like the top three guys in the space and then we built our site um to kind of have the best of both of those and then um yeah but the content wasn't anything special i mean a lot of local stuff isn't uh compared to national if you're doing national local is like kind of a cakewalk and then google my business was just getting reviews uh mostly that got us up to the top
0: so you just so, focused on reviews with with that what about so so did you not structure your content in any specific ways or anything like that or
1: uh kind of the way we do it for na- national stuff so keyword in the url the meta title on the page h1 and then uh yeah, but but compared to the competitors, sometimes we'd find the competitor would have a page ranking and it was just like an image, a big image on the page because these are local shops. So they, they don't yeah. know anything about SEO and they were just ranking kind of by default. So it wasn't like fierce competition that was watching their rankings and, and building backlinks and, and doing on-page.
0: Yeah, I was I was doing a webinar last night, and I was doing some training for my guys, and I was showing them um, a a guy that's ranking, and all he's all it says is his URL on the meta title when you get to the fir- to the first page of Google, and he's ranking number one, but then when you click on it and you look at it with detailed SEO, you can see his actual his meta title is just home.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of local it just says home,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: home, and then the name of the business, so so you know you're kind of there's no competition yeah. when you see that
0: that's kind of what we do we do a lot of that where we rank um, sites but over hundreds or thousands of locations at the same time because obviously there's nowhere near as much so can you use rank so let's say let's say you was trying to rank something on a national basis how long would that take you give me give me a medium difficulty keyword like let's say you wanted to rank for um emergency plumber on a national basis what what would what would your strategy with that be
1: Um, that would be different because like we would leverage, like we've bought competitors too, out, like bought their sites and brought them on the team. So we'd probably leverage like some of our older sites, then try to go build a whole new brand website and wait, you know, a year or two for the thing to move up to the most competitive keywords. So first thing would probably just be like, look at our sites and see, Hey, which ones of these seem the most powerful. Um, but we'd really be leveraging our old sites for that, for that competitive stuff.
0: So you kind of have an internal PBN, and then you'd create the oldest site, build it on that, and then link through to your older sites. To
1: yeah, essentially, yeah.
0: And you, ju- you, ju- so, so, how, how fast would you would you put an old site up? Because obviously, I'm, I want to pick your brains on some of this stuff because uh, I love SEO um, and ranking on a national basis. I use something called single niche PBN, and that's exactly almost an identical strategy that we do. Like you just said, there is we'll go to like expireddomains.net and buy every single expired domain, then we put a website on all of them. So you might have 50 or 100 different domains that you've just built websites on, but then i wait for them to get indexed in Google before they come part of the network. Um, And that way, you know that they're not bad domains. So don't bother doing all the research and all the bullshit. I just buy all of them, stick them all up, or we'll go and scrape like yell.com for 404s because then we know it's been a real business in the past and we'll go and buy all them domains. Um, Then we'll put websites on them And then what we do is we wait from all to index and then we create little triangles of like seven to 10 sites linking up. And then we'll link from the top of the triangle to one of our money sites. Um, But we put forms and phone numbers and everything on the actual site. So the legit sites, if they ever get looked at by Google. So even if we get a manual inspection, they don't get taken down. Do you do any strategies similar to that?
1: Um, Not really PBNs. Um, I mean, I've used them a little bit, but uh, I kind of went through the era of like stuff, all my sites not ranking, uh, I guess it was probably 2012 where all my sites got wiped out because they were plugged into a public network. So um, I don't use public networks really anymore. Uh, but I think the way you're describing it, like our older sites were probably essentially using those as PBNs because we're leveraging like another big site. We just, we purchase, but it's an actual business. Um, so we're, we're kind of buying it for the business, but it's probably one of the oldest sites in the niche. And then um, leveraging links from that too.
0: Yeah, because that's the, the, we do that. We do we do the we, we do the PVN style, but it's obviously we own it privately, so nobody else can link to it or get any of the, of, of of the power. Um. So let's,
2: yeah. Let's... So so what what he's what he's saying because like we do this too, is like we'll go and just buy a business. Yep. Right, and so like that business is already probably generating income. It's already ranking for certain keywords. It already has authoritative backlinks. Um it it already has like the infrastructure. But what we'll do is we'll see is like where are there opportunities for us to monetize it. So we're like leveraging what they've already achieved. And a lot of times like sites don't even know that they're ranking for certain keywords and things like that. Like they don't really understand SEO, but they've organically grown their business. Uh you know, they they've created backlinks with, with authoritative uh like the Wall Street Journal and stuff like, but they don't understand the value of that link because maybe they didn't really do anything to get it. Uh, So they've built their site organically. And so we'll go in and we'll just buy the entire business and just leverage where they're at. Now, sometimes you do that and it loses rankings as soon as you start making changes to it. So, I mean, it kind of can be a loss too, but many times we're able to go in and just make tweaks. You know, maybe it's changing the affiliate links out to programs that are going to pay us more. Maybe it's adding like Jason and them, you know, with that business is like they added physical locations. So they took something that was primarily online and added local, localization to it, right? So, I mean, now they're able to increase the income streams that they have from it. So we we don't really do, like what you just said, that is like a, it, of, yeah. like a lot of work.
0: So you're <laughs> getting instant trust authority and relevance, like straight out of the gate without doing anything at you, like like immediate... Um, and then obviously businesses un- don't understand how to monetize that shit. So they're kind of in a situation where they're sat in a gold mine and they don't know it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: we also also, um, you know, after we get kind of citations built uh, a lot of people in the industry would overlook like, especially in automotive, there's tons of different um, makers of, of different things, but they'll have pages on their site where they list like where you buy it. A lot of them won't have like a shop. So leveraging that, and it's as simple as just going and ask them to get added to the list. So I think a lot of uh, other physical product industries work that way too. You have somebody that's mostly like a manufacturer. They don't understand SEO, but they want a link to like, where do you buy the thing? And uh, it's a great place to get a link that's super relevant.
0: So you, you, you request links or you request to put shops on people's websites? Sorry, I think I missed yep. that bit. Online there.
1: shops and local shops, if they have like a, a map picker for local stuff.
0: Like, so what uh, near would you me- do? Would you give them a, an affiliate commission off all the sales that go through the shop?
1: No, because it's their product. So they're um, it's kind of like, okay. you know, you're going to buy a computer, but you can only get it at Best Buy. Uh, and so Best Buy might show up on some manufacturer's website. So because they're mostly just interested okay, in go- creating the thing and the brand, not the actually even selling the thing online. A lot, a lot of manufacturers are kind of behind the times with uh, selling direct to consumers still.
0: So, if you was trying to target a new industry now, for example, let's say you, you're going after an industry because because a lot of our guys are going to absolutely love this, and and I'm assuming there's a way they can get involved with you guys um, and work with you, which we'll talk about later. But so, for example, let's say I wanted to get into, I don't know, tattoo removal industry. What what would your what would your strategy as as a company be to try and get into that tattoo removal industry, and then obviously. Just, just, just wing it. How would you scale it? Just off the top of your head, you know, even if the information is not correct because we, we're guessing here. But just so that people can get an outline of what the actual strategy that you guys do is, because it seems super smart.
1: Would it be uh, like local, like tattoo removal in Miami, or what? What, what would you? Would it be some kind yeah. of a, a product that you saw?
0: Yeah. Whatever you want. If you want, to, yeah, you want to get into title removal. You want to get into lasers, selling the laser machines. You wanted to actually start doing the title removal, whatever, whatever. If you wanted to get into the title removal industry, what, what, what would your strategy be? How, how would you research the industry? Where would you go? What would you do type of thing?
1: Um, for me, if it was local, I would probably start looking at the search and seeing if there was even a market. Uh, so we've done with our shops is just uh, fill out a lot of, you know, is there actually even an intent in, here, in, this, in this in this like location? Um, and we've picked locations for shops based on that. So, how many people are searching? Is it growing? Uh, is it worth laying tracks here uh, in this area? And then I'd repeat the process I said before, which would be look at who's actually ranking and how their sites are structured, and I take a lot of notes about you know the different service pages they have, um, how their sites. Are built, maybe they'd probably have a lot of images of before and afters um, that we'd have to create uh, or get. Probably, um, I mean, in that industry, you'd probably have to have a service to show people like before and afters uh, on the site. Uh, Then I set up Google My Business, uh, really work with, uh, I don't want to do any kind of like stuff locally. So I work with the guys in the shop to start getting reviews, make sure they know how to ask, um, give them a handout so that they can give that to the customer to start getting reviews. And then, yeah, that's probably what I'd be locally. And then nationally, it'd probably be similar. Probably see if there's manufacturers of like, there's probably like people that make equipment that don't, they just have like a manufacturer website that I could go to and um, say, can I get a link to my site where I sell, you know, the laser removal machine? Um, so that's probably what I would do.
0: And the products that you sell, so, so, so most of your sites are actually e-com style sites that sell affiliate products. And then, you, so, so you'll be able to jump into an industry. And you, will, I'm assuming a lot of the local businesses would want to work with you, especially if you go, go to them and say, we can give you a discount on the products, go and buy it, and then we'll give you a rebate of X, Y, Z for the link. And that way you could, have you ever done that? Or no?
1: Uh, no, it's more like dropshipping. So the e-commerce is where we're dropshipping a brand's product. And then locally, we're actually stocking it. And then um, locally, the search is different though, because instead of searching for a brand, typically people search for, like the thing. So if they want like a cover on their truck, they'll search for the cover on the truck instead of a specific brand, uh, which they'll do nationally. So tattoo removal could be somebody that I don't know anything about the niche, but they'd probably search for like laser tattoo removal or like the service uh, locally. And then nationally there might be some kind of maybe like an ointment or something you could actually ship that um, people would buy through the internet.
0: So it's, it's 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 like doing it in the real world then isn't it it's just you are doing it digitally and obviously you 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 manufacturing your position on let's say a main street because it's going to be you're going to getting hit busy traffic areas um
2: but I think we're, I think we're talking about multiple business models right so like yep. the the business model that I think like one of our friends does gay men's underwear <laughs> which is like <laughs> a very weird like you'd be like why why is this like Jewish guy that we know Doing i used
0: to i used to have a website called shirtlifters.com and dot uk and that was we sold gay sex toys <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's a huge it's a huge industry but so what he does is like there's he goes and buys a brand right so a brand has been around for let's say 10 years the people don't know like the value they haven't really scaled online but there's still search volume for that brand so he'll go And he'll buy the brand. He'll put like an online store on it if there's not already an online store for it because it's getting search volume. And then he just doesn't invest any money into making the store bigger because ultimately what he's building is he's building a collection of people who like gay men underwear. And so he's building a list at the end of the day. So he's letting the businesses kind of funnel their way out, right? So it's like over time, there's just going to be attrition because people aren't, there's not going to be as much search volume. The company's not building like brand or anything like that online, and so. But at the end of the day, he's leveraging that brand to build like this big list of people who like gay men's underwear. And so when he acquires a new company, all he does is email his list and let him and let them know about this gay men's underwear. But he's doing ten million dollars a year, and he spends maybe a couple thousand dollars a month on advertising PPC.
0: So, that is it's email marketing its best. That in it is acquiring the company. he acquires the company and, the, and their existing email list, integrates it in with his own list, and then emails everybody. And, and it obviously, sales will go through the roof straight but off. He's it.
2: also getting the brand searches that already exist from that company being around. So, like, he, he'll sell the underwear online too. So, he has like a facility where they fulfill on like selling the underwear online because it's getting brand searches. And then he's building an email list. So every time he acquires a new company, he's getting their customer data, he's getting their brand like reputation, and then he's just filtering it between all the companies that he has in his email list.
0: It's genius, that isn't it? I've got a mate who's got um, a software that does. So have you ever done PPC for brand marketing? Well, what? what what he's got right is you're smiling like as if to say yeah well i'll tell you what his, his tool does yeah but you, you you type in um so you'll type in let's say for it we'll we'll use a a, a a local business you could type in plumber and then say manchester uk right and what it'll do is it'll go out and it'll find every single plumber in manchester it'll bring them all in it'll create advertisements for every single one of them right like specific individual uh, ppc ads and then it'll it'll be like five or ten pence or cents depending where where they're doing it per click but you get loads and loads and loads of traffic it's costing you nothing because people are going and searching for the actual brand and then it's bringing them through to your website and making sales or they're bringing them through to you and they're making a phone call and you're selling the leads direct to the businesses and that what you just said then when you're talking about the brand I thought to myself, fucking hell yeah that brand marketing can be used across across anything um it really is it's it's the cheapest way of doing paid ads if you can hit every single brand in, in in an area have you ever have you ever hit a wall like where you've gone, you know what? Fuck me, we shouldn't have done that. Any examples of, of massive <laughs> cockups? Hit a wall. Yeah, man. Something where you've just thought. Fuck well,
2: we were we were doing e-commerce at one point. Um, like Jason was part of it too, but it was me and my me and my brother as well. Um, and we acquired like another e-commerce company, and we thought it would just be. I guess, easy just to, you know, take something that's in a different industry and, and apply essentially the same tactics that we were doing without completely understanding, um, like, the product, the merch, and all that kind of stuff, and, and actually, like, fulfilling on it. So, I mean, that was a wall. <laughs> like, we, we ended up just taking a loss on that.
0: Just on to- that. And what, what was the reason for you not, is it just that you didn't do the research on the industry? So you just didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Uh,
2: well, we didn't do the research on the person we were buying the company. <laughs> like
0: right, there, okay. there,
2: there was like legal things that were going on with him and uh, it's called the dry bar. Um, and he had pretty much took their uh, uh, brand equity, if you want to call it that when he was making the company and uh there was like legal issues that we didn't know. So like we didn't do our due diligence legally, right. To make sure that the company was free and clear and that the name was good and trademark was good. Uh, But then I also trying to like get the products and supplies that you need to make the products. Like I didn't know how much effort went into that. And and primarily I'm talking about in cosmetics. So there's like a lot of different um, variables when you're dealing with cosmetics in terms of like trying to get product. Uh, in terms of trying to like, there's like the, the MOQs that you have are a lot larger than what we were doing with essential oils and things like that. So there just was a lot more costs associated with that business than I think we knew, but like our other e-commerce business was doing well. And we thought, Hey, you know, we'll just do another e-commerce business and it, it's going to just transfer. It's the same thing. Um, but every industry that you get in in e-commerce, even with, you know, what, what Jason's talking about, it's like a completely different vehicle you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't transfer. So it's like, if that guy who is doing gay men's underwear started saying, I'm going to try to do gay men lotion, it's a completely different thing, which is why he's not doing gay men's lotion. Right. Cause like the, I think as, as like entrepreneurs, it's like, logically we're like, how do we just dominate a space? So if, if I already have gay men on my list, I can do gay men's underwear. I can do gay men lotion. I can do gay men sex toys. I can do gay men food. Right. And it's like, Each of those is such a different vertical. It doesn't translate like that. Like the business that he has with the underwear, if he tried to go over and do that with lotion, it's a completely different business. It's completely different inventory. It's completely different. A set of regulations and restrictions that go into stuff like that when you're applying stuff to the skin. But I'm saying you're not maybe thinking about those things or looking up those things prior to getting in um, a different vertical, right? Like you're just thinking it's gay men. They use lotion. They use toys. They use this. They use that. Um, and so, I think the biggest mistake is trying to expand where you have no knowledge of what the hell you're 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 doing, right? You don't you don't have a knowledge of what it takes to actually be successful in that vertical. So, I I, I would say that's probably the the biggest wall. And I'm not sure if Jason, you've hit that in truck parts because
1: yeah, definitely. You guys have
2: kind of. I mean, you guys have kind of tried to say, "Hey, these people are naturally." gonna want these other things related to trucks, but like each thing is different. Like if you start going into tires, that's completely different than you doing, uh, truck beds or truck liners. Right. So, but you would think they all run in unison and you would think it'd be the same fulfillment and you would think it'd be the same type of stuff, but it's not They're They're completely different animals.
1: Yep. There's so much, um, I mean, specific with local, you can really make a decision where you try to introduce it a different service. And now all of a sudden you step into what you're just saying, which is, it seems simple on paper or as you're thinking it through, but then you need to train people. You need equipment. Uh, the industry is going to function differently. Even tires is a whole different, there's people that just specialize in like lift kits or tires and that's the whole business. And so now you're up against like that and not even knowing how to do that. And you're going to have a learning curve um, and you might lose a bunch of money if you can't figure it out. So uh, yeah, that's typically what the walls look like. Is a big learning curve that you didn't know was learning curve, and then uh, you kind of turn around, go back to what you know, and <laughs> build it up again. So,
0: I mean, wh- whatever you spent on that company, that 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 cosmetics company was was a bargain because if you think about it, what you've just explained there and what you've learned from that process, you say that was a big wall and it was a big loss, but it actually was probably the most valuable purchase you've ever made because think of everything you've just learned and everything you've just shared there, There, that my, my audience will now be like, anyone who actually pays attention and listens will be like, there's fucking so much value in there. So what we always teach, um, there's a book called The One Thing, um, I don't know if you've read it, but it's all about exactly what you just said and it's all about inch wide, mile deep and you go after an industry that you know and a niche that you target and you focus all your effort and your time into one area or into one product or into one service. And you can dominate with it. And that exactly what you just explained there was probably, I mean, if you'd have gone to college to try and learn that shit, you might have been there for 10 years, mightn't you? Trying to learn that. Yeah. And that, you probably that's would come what, uh, out
1: not understanding it. Between the two of yeah. Donathan and I, we talk a lot and we work like every day on things like now in the past, it probably would have been like waste. I looked at it as like wasted time or had to, there was a dead end. And now we look at it kind of like, uh, cause as you were saying that I was thinking through like walls and it's like, those are the biggest learning uh, experiences. So something that seemed really, really difficult or felt like a dead end, typically that's um, like you said, it's uh, saved us a bunch of uh, time and money in the future because we learned, Hey, don't do that again. Um, or Hey, we learned a bunch very quickly. Uh, so
2: yeah. I'm going to you... give one more wall. I'm going to give one more wall. Go on then. And,
1: and the industry
2: ease. may not like the wall that I'm going to give, but um trying to go after revenue, right? So like there's, there's a big thing in this industry, especially when it comes to Amazon FBA, e-commerce. Um, those are probably the two main things. E- even with this JV stuff, uh, there's a lot of, I do this much revenue, but it's like you really, when you really look at it, because Jason and I are both in, e- have done e-commerce. We we've seen various e-commerce businesses. We've seen the FBA stuff, right? I mean, not seen it from uh, just looking at somebody giving a presentation on it. Seen it from actual behind-the-scenes data of people trying to figure out how do I make this thing profitable, right? Somebody who's doing ten million dollars a year that's telling you they're doing ten million dollars may only be doing fifty thousand dollars a year in profit. And so right now it's like where we're at in our business. I don't really care to tell, you know, even when you're saying like eight figure and stuff like that, it's like, that's cool. Um, but, you know, we, we really have honed in on like, how do we be the most profitable? How, how do we make the most out of the efforts that we're doing? Luckily, we've both gotten into niches that are that are very profitable niches. Right. Um, you know, where the amount of money that we can make is a lot. But, you know, I don't I don't look at, OK, this is how much revenue I'm doing Versus just how much profit. Usually when Jason and I are talking, we're talking in in, in profit numbers um, versus like a lot of this industry talks in revenue numbers. So like we don't really have teams. We don't really have crazy amounts of infrastructure, right? We don't have huge com- uh, customer support staff. We don't have huge sales teams. We don't have a lot of moving parts. Um, and so I, I don't think like when people are joining this industry and they're like, oh, this person's doing $10 million here. You know, I wish I could do that. And they don't see the flip side of that where, you know, they have a 50 call a fifty uh, call support person, you know, maybe their margins are only actually 30%. So out of that 10 million, they're making 3 million. And then that 3 million is getting divided between 100 people or whatever it is. So it's like, maybe they make $500,000, which is great money. If you told somebody you're making $500,000, it's still good money. But I think the shiny object of like the 10 million or the 20 million or the hundred million, it's like people when they're coming into this industry don't know that. And when I first got into e-commerce, um, that's what my eyes were, right? Like it's like, man, we're gonna do over a million dollars, you know, in our first year, and it was freaking great. It felt awesome. But then you yeah. look at, you know, the profit and you're like, fuck, there's no profit because as we're scaling this thing, as we're you know, trying to acquire new customers, we're also spending and investing money on more product, we're also spending more money on ads you know, as you, you know, you spend money on ads. So it's like the more money you spend on ads, the the higher your CPA goes, right? So it's like all these things don't really get discussed when people are new in the industry and have never done it before. And so, you know, for me, one of the biggest things that I had to learn was not just going after the highest revenue, but really creating a business where we can get profit with really the minimal amount of input because I don't, I don't want to have, you know, my, my goals used to be, I want to have a big company and I want to have a whole bunch of staff and I want to have a, a whole bunch of headache is what that is. And it's, it's really like, it's adverse to what you came into this industry for. We wanted our freedom. We didn't want to work for an employer. You know, we wanted to be able to enjoy our families. We wanted to be able to have our freedom uh, to do what we want and live how we wanted. And like, when you realize, Hey, at the end of the day, if I build a $10 million company or if I build a $500,000 profit, it really looks the same. But like people don't, people don't necessarily know that, right? Like when you're first getting started, you think I need to go after the $10 million and people will spend, you know, credit cards, all kinds of stuff chasing the $10 million. And a $20,000 a month could have been made for $1,000 in, in their time. Um, so that would be the other big, the big, the big like roadblock for me is like, not realizing that, you know, profit is really the thing that we're chasing. We're not yep. chasing the revenue. You
0: no, know, Because $10 million a year company's got a lot of fucking legwork. <clears throat> there's a lot of work goes into that. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot. Of, I mean, you're doing 27 and a half grand a day. You're in a situation where you've got uh, in. There's a lot going into generating that much revenue every single day. And yeah, somebody's got to fucking oversee it all. And if you're not paying somebody to do it, um, yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I love the way you've just brilliant. I can't, I can't
2: air this podcast. <laughs> 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 no, I've, I've got,
0: a, I've got a mate who's, who's selling his company at the minute. And um, when he sells it, he's going to uh, build a training company and it's going to be him. So what, what, what he's realized is he's doing millions now. Um, and, he's he's stressed all the time he's constantly working he's constantly grafting he's got loads of people around him he's, he's got loads of businesses relying on him and everything else um and 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 he's decided that once he's sold out on what he's doing he's literally going to build a training company where he trains once a week so he literally works one day a week and and, and he'll just build it up to a thousand people doing uh fifty dollars a month and that, that'll be 50 grand a month but literally all you need to do that is a fucking a go to webinar account um, and a computer um, and that is it and then what and the rest of it's in his head um, and I was talking to him about it the other week and he, and he was saying to me, he said, I'm fucking sick of it. He said, I'm sick of being stressed. I'm sick of 15 hour days. I'm sick of, I'm, you know, when you've been doing it for 15 years and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? You've not got one boss. You've got hundreds of bosses because every customer comes to you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in a job, every customer goes to your boss and your boss comes to you. So you've got one person giving you shit. So I mean, sometimes if you build a monster, I guess it can get to the point where it's not worth it especially if it's not profitable, if you're not living the life or your family are not living the life. Because I do that. I pay myself a salary for my company, but I pay my missus the exact same salary. And then I pay for everything, so kind of my missus and the kids have a great life, <laughs> and I have nothing left. <laughs> um, so so, so, when did you realize what you're doing now is a proper game changer?
1: I think for me it was, it was uh, kind of getting out. Um, I hadn't really been to like live events or seen other people, but hearing how their businesses run, hearing how, um, there's kind of fat, fat businesses, lots of people, they kind of run, um, like your friend's publishing company could, if he's not careful, turn into a hundred person operation. Cause there's ways you can just fill it with people and, um, uh, it out the same way. So I think seeing that we are just not doing that, like we have just this very small, we don't have employees or anything, uh, for our publishing and, um, seeing the difference and seeing me like, hey, wait, we're, we're kind of living the dream um, that we wanted. And I think it was the seeing the difference of what other people are doing out there for me.
0: Yeah. How many hours a day do you guys put in then on average? Tell the uh, truth.
1: couple for me. Um, but it's different because it, uh, the publishing business is kind of fun though. It's kind of like now i going to be on the other side of uh, a webinar or a uh, course creation or, a method so it's kinda of like a fun um a fun experience. It kind of reminds me of when I was a kid I'd play like King's Quest or these different games that looked like they were fun to make. And it's like I get to be on the other side of making some kind of something kind of cool like that. So uh probably a couple hours a day. Um but it just depends on the day. Some days no no hours. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know but you know I, I think like um one thing is is being able to replicate what you do right and and not only being able to replicate what you do with yourself, but then like now, like we probably over the last two years like our our first time speaking live um even after doing stuff for over ten years behind the scenes was at Groovecon in two thousand twenty one right november two thousand twenty one I think it was our first time we headlined at Groovecon. Yep. Uh, it was our first real public offering that we did in terms of, you know, selling something to, uh, consumers, uh, that wasn't like an, an e-commerce type thing or affiliate. And, uh, it was a $24,000 mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we headlined, it was like our first speaking event. I just like shaking the whole time and nervous looking at the ground at my feet. And, you know, we, we were trying to talk, we didn't even talk about, uh, selling anything really till the end after our, our third speech. Um, but it was like a 24 K mastermind and then working through that and working with the students and seeing where they were getting hung up, uh, giving them a process and and kind of like the guidance they need. Right. I I think like 50%, I would say took some of what we said and then 50% stayed where they were in terms of like mentally stayed where they were. Um, but the 50% that did take it, it's like, now we have students that are making $48,000 a month consistently, uh, or more. And then we've also been able to allow them to now become publishers uh, within, our, within our community too. So it's like we build them up to do the thing, right? So it's not just build them up to be publishers, build them up to actually be affiliates, to, to be the people that have a strategy, have implemented that strategy, are making money, and then they are now sharing systems that they've developed all off of our process with our community and becoming publishers. Uh, and so what we've seen is like in the year and a half that we've been doing this is like, we've helped a lot of people get a breakthrough and we call it a belief check. I don't know. I don't have it up. Jason has got, like on, I got it up right, on his. Right here. <laughs> but we the, call it uh, a belief, belief check, check inside of our community. So it's the first, it's the first money that people have made online. And so we have people that 13 years, they've been trying 10 years, they've been trying five years, they've been trying. And I think it's because we're, we have our things that we do in the back end, the e-com, the affiliate. We, we don't take the publishing like it's a business. It's more of like this fun thing that Jason and I yeah. get to be a part of and help people with. And so we're solely focused on how do we help more people get breakthroughs? And then as like, we help people get breakthroughs, then those people are now coming back and sharing with the community to help other people, you know, get breakthroughs too. So we've kind of become like a, a tight knit network of people who are all helping each other get to their first commission check or get to the $10,000 a month um mark and so it's it's become fun. Uh it's become a fun thing. It's not a a stressful thing. We're not running, you know, paid ads to see how big we can grow it or anything like that. We've kind of just organically grown it and and you know, have done a couple JV swaps and stuff like that to do stuff, but I mean it's it's pretty much an organic uh, community that we, have that we've been able to build and we've done a lot in, a, in, a, in, a, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's cool. I think for me, um, is I, I think what changed for me the most is when I had my son, right? So like, I, I have one kid, Jason has like a million, uh, <laughs> when I, when I had, when I had my son, it, it completely changed my outlook and and the importance of time and the importance of, you know, being able to make sure we go to all his sports events, make sure that we're able to, you know, give him experiences that I never had as a kid make sure he, you know, can be around different types of people, different cultures, you know, different, just different experiences that we don't really have for most people if you make it successfully until you're an adult. Um, And so that, I think that really refined what kind of business that I wanted to build and, and what I wanted to do. I want to have the freedom. I want to have the income, but I also want to have the time. Um, and an affiliate has just been the best thing that I've found thus far to do that.
1: Yeah. I have, yeah, I have a million, <laughs>
0: <One>. <laughs> well, a million.
2: <laughs> kids do change
0: you, though. Don't they? I, I didn't have my first kid till I was 30 and I was like, I was bad i mean i was i would I, I, I like to get wrecked and shit like i stopped drinking now but right from the age of i don't know 15 14 right the way to, to 30 i was drunk or pissed or stoned or ate, like taking magic mushrooms like we talked about earlier and, and crazy shit like that and then I, I never seen the point of life at all it was kind of like what the fuck's the point it didn't really make any any sense to me and then all of a sudden a little uh, my little boy come along and it was like oh that makes sense and from that point to now, it's kind of all been about making their lives better. Um, yep. But
1: yeah, it's been a big driver. So yeah, um, it heard does. A lot of changes share that too. Yeah, it does. I had my uh, first two kids, yep. um, and that was when I got into affiliate marketing had a big breakthrough. Um, yeah, and then uh, it was like after each kid, it was like you get this new wind, and you're like, oh, there, I'm gonna do it now because um, I think the affiliate marketing dream is easy, but you have to have a reason that's going to wake you up tomorrow, make you build. I think there's a big gap. Uh, There's two different kinds of people we see in the industry that they all might want affiliate marketing, but only some of them are going to build and actually do something about it. And sometimes the kid will be a reason uh, because you wake up and you see your kid and you're like, okay, I want to give them a better life and, uh, and reach new heights because of them. I used to have extreme social anxiety. I wouldn't have got up on stage unless I was like, Hey, wait, let's just try this and see where it goes. Because, um, we might be able to help a lot more people if we were just there in person with them and telling them these things. And it turned out to be true,
0: so. What was your best day? Uh, Best best achievement or your best day?
1: Um, I would say it changes because now I kind of like look at these walls, like before it was social anxiety and I didn't want to speak on stage. Then on the other side of that, it felt amazing. Um, There's other things like, Maybe it's a, a different kind of um, achievement with business where we're like, Hey, maybe there's a different structure we could, we could achieve. Maybe it's a different lifestyle um, traveling. I'd never traveled alone until recently. That was an interesting experience. Um, so diff- different things, but it, it's maybe more willing to kind of tackle these things, you know, not kind of live in fear, but, but kind of break through it and see what it's like on the other side.
0: What about you, Donovan? What was your best best day? Whether it's an achievement in business or what just, just what was your best day? I don't know why I asked the question. It just came to me. I thought, you yeah, know, I mean, you guys I, are opening up.
2: There's a lot of different um Yeah, we're we're very open. <laughs> if you couldn't tell her <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I don't know, man. I think I think I, I don't I don't know. That's a hard that's a hard uh question because I, I each day, honestly, I try to make the best day. Like, I mean if you if you hung around me is like each day I try to live it as, as much as, as possible. Right. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I could say something cliche is like, it's the day when, you know, my son was born. It's the day when, you know, my wife, uh, you know, me and my wife got married. It's the day when we had, you know, $117,000 affiliate commission come in. Like, I mean, all those days were cool, but, um, I think every day is my best day. You know, b- because it's like I only have that moment, like right now, this moment, right? It's like this is a choice, right? Like you could be doing other things, Jace could be doing it, I could be doing other things. Like we we all have families that we could be spending time with, um, and and so it's like we all felt this was important enough for us to get on here and and try to you know speak our truth and, and hopefully you know it's going to resonate with some people and help them change their lives and things like that. So I think you know, we have an obligation to ourselves, we have an obligation to our families, but then it's like, as we go through life, we also have an obligation to like share our experiences with others, um, and give them the ability to, to move further and farther than, than we were able to. Right. So, I mean, hopefully somebody who's listening to your podcast at any point with any of your speakers is like, this is the moment that changed their life is because they heard this podcast and, you know, it made them finally be like, oh shit, this is, this is real. Like I need to go and attack this. And it's like, it sounds crazy, but like when I listen to a lot of our students, cause we talk to them is like, there was, there was a podcast that, you know, got them in this industry. There was a webinar they were on that got them into this industry. There was a person that they met that got them into this industry. So it's like, as, as cliche as it sounds, as crazy as it sounds, as like, whatever you want to call it. It's like, when we talk to people, that is exactly how they got started. That is exactly the point that, you know, got them on this, this journey, um, to try to change their life and change the outcome of their family and, and, and things like that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, what we're doing here today, you know, this moment in time is, is the best moment that we have on this, this podcast to really change and affect other people's lives. Um, but, yeah, I mean, after we get out this podcast, I'm going to go spend time with my family like Jason <laughs> is going to. And we're yep. we're going to make the best of, of today. You know, it, it's – uh, I don't know, man. I, I just feel I feel very blessed. I feel blessed to, to be able to live the life that, that we live. I, I feel blessed for the freedom. I feel blessed for my family. I feel blessed for uh, Jason and everything like that. And it's like each day I, I feel like no matter what's going on, whether – it's an argument. It's a frustration. It's, it's always a teachable moment. And it's like, that's the best, that's the best, you know, it's the best because I'm, I'm constantly maturing. I'm constantly becoming who I'm designed to be, you know? So that's, that's me, man. It's like every, every day is, is the best day. There's not, there's not one moment that I look at and think it's not insignificant because if one of those moments would have been detached from my life, I wouldn't be here today regardless if it was the good the bad the the mistakes the any all that made me who i am to be able to be on this podcast here with you today so each day is is my best at that moment have, have, you,
0: have you got any have you got any life changing moments that have stuck with you not not for you right but for you for customers, you know, while well, you were saying that, then I remember one that happened to me a few years back and I'm not, I'm not, I won't go through it today because most of my guys have heard it about six <laughs> times. But what I will say to you is, is have you got any, any, any like life changing moments where, where you felt super proud because you'd helped, that stuck with you, where you've helped an individual go from somewhere to, 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 to where they wanted to get. And you've just thought to yourself, that was, that's, have you got any, any stick ones that actually stuck with you?
2: Yeah, I would I would say two of our students, um, they're they're in their twenties. Uh they're the people that I was just referring to that have done uh they did forty eight thousand last month in affiliate commissions. Um, and then they've created like a service to help others. So I think for me is like when they initially joined our, our mastermind, they wanted to get to ten thousand dollars in a year. A ten thousand dollars a month more than they were currently making in a year and like now they're, they've way surpassed that. Um, but I think it, it's like you never know how people are going to respond to making money, right? Especially especially money that's life-changing, in my opinion, for, for most people. Um, and to see them go from making that additional money and having the willingness to say, hey, we want to put back and, and help others, um, I think that's the proudest moment, right? Because it, I see a lot of people where it's like they get to the thing that they really want and then they say, fuck everybody else. Right. And, and like, so to know that Jason and I are facilitating uh, a community where it's like, not only are you able to get what you want, but then it's like they want to reciprocate and help other people come up in the community as well. I I think that's a proud moment because it shows that us sticking to our morals, us sticking to, uh, being who we are when we, you know, when it, when it's hard, uh, many days, right. Because I mean, you you get screwed over in this industry, uh, you get screwed over by affiliates. Sometimes, you, you know, you get, you get hit by your family, you know, not believing in you or not understanding what you're trying to do. And, and to see like everything kind of like work together in unison after all these years of, of, you know, maybe doubting, if what we were doing, how we were acting, how we were treating relationships was the right way to see it come into like full perspective, not only within ourselves, but also, uh, the people that we work with. I think that's, that's a big, that's a big thing, you know? I mean, even in your kids, right. It's like, we all wonder like, what the heck are our kids going to be like when they're finally on their own and we're not hovering over them, trying to guide them and do that. You know, it's kind of like that. It's, it's we took these these students who you know we were hovering over them, they you know got released into the wild, and the first thing that they want to do in the wild is go back and help other people uh, get lifted up. So I mean it, it's that's to me one of the proudest days because it's like it's it's super awesome to like see that all of our things weren't done in vain, you know, us dealing with the shit we've dealt with um, and all that a lot
0: of shit you're laughing but you know that 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 was so inspirational that i sat and listened to every word of that and i was thinking that was such an inspirational speech but it is true in it when you see somebody who when you first meet them you think maybe you're never gonna do anything with this and you get 80 percent of people do fuck all with it Um, and the more they pay the more they play it's it's so true but when you see somebody who who gets involved and and goes for it and does it and sticks to it and gets to the time especially the ones that you don't expect they're like, they, they, they really stick with you. It's like, I, you feel like this this fatherly pride. Like, yes, I did it. I <laughs> got them there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I normally keep this to an hour, guys. I'm not going to keep this on too much longer. I'm going to thank you both very, very, very much for coming on. I've been looking forward to this one because I thought we'd talk more about SEO, but I kind of, I've really, really enjoyed chatting. What I do want to know, though, is if anybody wants to actually work with you guys, anybody who wants to get involved in what you do, and who wants to become part of a community and become successful with people who will have the back and we'll follow them and we'll help them and everything else. Where did he go? What did he do?
1: Yeah. So we have a uh, group called the gold mine. That's uh, where we uh, spend a lot of our time. Uh, you can go to join the goldmine.com and we have tools. We've got a whole community um, with the people. Donathan was just mentioning. We have a guy from West Africa who um, has built up. I mean, they live on just a couple dollars a day and now he, he gets to go to like the second floor of the bank. He said, <laughs> with its affiliate commissions. Um, so yeah, join the goldmine.com and that's where you can uh, join our community.
0: What my team will do is they'll put a link below this video. So if anyone's watching this on any of the other podcast platforms, if they go over to the YouTube channel, um, they, they'll they be able to get the link from underneath the video. So what what what's this goldmine? What's it all about? Elevated picture. Uh,
1: so after we did the $24,000 mastermind, we... Um, we had realized there was a community of people around us that couldn't afford that. And we saw a lot of great things to share. So we started the gold mine as a way to make it accessible to people uh, and just be able to drop. I mean, we think about them as gold nuggets, introduce them to people in the industry that they're never going to have access to otherwise Uh, methods um, as AI has come about. uh, We've been kind of on the cutting edge because of what we're doing and what our students are doing. So it's kind of like an incubator in one sense, and then also a community uh, where we can uh, spend time with people and watch them kind of level up, whether they're doing affiliate marketing, e-commerce or whatever they're doing.
0: And how many people's in this community?
1: Uh, we're about 450
0: right now, I believe. Wow. So it's a big community then because usually you get these communities and and they don't get past a few, 450 people all doing the, and it's it's based around <coughs> affiliate marketing and and. and generating an income doing affiliate marketing with SEO or is it both paid ads and SEO? Uh, Mostly Uh,
1: just free traffic. Go ahead,
2: Jonathan. Oh, no, I was going to, I was going to echo what you were saying. So we, we teach what we do, right. Um, And then it's primarily built on affiliate, but like we also just teach SEO. So there's people who are doing, who have like agencies, there's people who are doing coaching, um, you know, for people who have never done anything, we teach launch jacking. Um, and then we have like leaders in the industry come in. So like we have, we've had Igor come in, we've had Rich Sheffrin come in, we've had Tommy Powers come in. Um, we've had uh, a lady who's big into the health email side, Liz Graham come in. Um, we've had quite a few people come in and so they teach whatever they want, but we have like a no sales environment in there. So like when they come in, Uh, you know, it's, it's built on lessons and helping, uh, and then it's live. So like our students, so like if somebody was running YouTube ads, they have the opportunity to tell Tommy whatever their issues are, you know, and he, he's just going to answer it candidly. Right. So, uh, you know, these, these are things that people ordinarily wouldn't have access to. So we, we kind of looked at, you know, when we were getting started, what were some of the issues we had? One was access to, you know, the people who we looked at as, as the industry leaders and being able to get immediate feedback from them um, without a high price tag, right? Like we just came from that mastermind. It was in Vancouver. It was invite only. Um, And so like, for most people that are just getting started, obviously they're never going to go to something like that where they can, you know, bounce ideas off people, get feedback, uh, you know, get validity in what they're doing. And and so we wanted to create an environment leveraging the relationships that we've built, uh, quietly over the years, (laughs) um, and be able to have, you know, give people access to that. Uh, I, I think there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? The pro is we facilitate it. The con is, uh, a lot of people aren't building, so they can't leverage it. So, so the other thing is, uh, we're heavily focused on, on building. Like if you're, if you're, not going to be building. Don't come in the gold mine. Uh, we're, we're, we're not like, uh, we're very stingy with, with who we want in the gold mine for that fact, right? is like, we want people who are going to be building, uh, people who can actually utilize our resources, people, you know, if if a speaker's coming on, you can actually ask them insightful questions that are actually going to move you forward. Um, so, I mean, we don't have a good pitch for gold mine and it, it, it's kind of designed that way because we're kind of giving people all the resources that we didn't have uh, when we were coming up and we wanted to make it, you know, as as cheap really as possible for, you know, anybody, you know, someone like Daniel in West Africa who is spending seven hours in a, a gas line to go back to his house and, and put it into a generator to hopefully, you know, the power comes on in his house to deal with spotty wifi and an old computer can still be successful if they really want to be, um, meaning that they're going to put the time and effort into doing that. So, I mean, we're really looking for people who are actually, who actually want to make a change in their life. Uh, And and it shows because, I mean, the community every week, every couple of days is somebody who's having a breakthrough. It could be, you know, they're ranking on page one for the first time. They're getting their first affiliate commission. Uh, Maybe they got their first client. Uh, We also teach our wives do YouTube affiliate in, in a little, in more of the health space. Um, So, you know, there's people putting up YouTube videos and getting affiliate commissions that way. Uh, So it's, it's a, it's a cool community. It's, it's a really cool community. I mean, we have people, their first affiliate commission they've ever gotten in their life was $52,000, $27,000 the other week, $10,000, $12,000, $15,000. I mean, these are first time affiliates, with no background in affiliate with no background in SEO, just getting started. And it's like, if you just follow the process and you're willing to commit to building and you're willing to, you know, be vulnerable and and put yourself out there when you do hit a roadblock or stumbling block and put it in the community, everybody's there to help you, man. It's, it's a, it's a really great thing. And, um, we love doing it. It, It's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. It's fun to see people building and, and, and have that energy. So we're, uh, we enjoy it
0: 52 grand first commission
2: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> some people have been online 10 years and not made that sort of money that's fucking ridiculous that's brilliant that isn't it you guys did 117 grand with a one click to your website didn't you yeah in fact i, see, I seen you on ego's podcast actually you know ego kefix i seen you on his podcast and didn't you do two over like a two-month period where one no, of them was 114 one was and one was 80
2: one was
0: 80, one was 117, yeah. 117, was it? That's fucking mental. And, and people don't realize that. It's like one click to your website and there's no customer support, there's no help, there's no... And what a lot of my community do, right, and I, I try and get them into affiliate marketing a lot, but a lot of my community just keep pushing away, pushing away. Then like, they, they don't realize how powerful it is. And and some of my guys are getting tens of thousands of people to the websites every single month because I've been teaching these guys to build these websites for the last fucking seven, eight, nine years or whatever it's been. And some of them are generating some serious traffic. But like you said, if you're not in, in all the different angles, you don't realize what a gold mine you're sitting on until you start figuring out how to make money from everything that it does. They've got a phone number and a form on a website and they're like, right, that's the only way I make money. I generate leads and I sell the leads. But they don't realize that you can also, like you said before, if you put a shop into a local business website that sells Affiliate products for, 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 for plumbing parts and for plumbing. So, all right, I don't really know because I've not done it myself, but I can see where the gold mine is, especially for a lot of our users. So, a lot of our users should get to join the goldmine.com. Yep.
2: Yep. goldmine.com.
0: Yeah, we call that uh, situation. At,
1: oh, sorry. We call that situation you described uh, six inches from gold. Like, we're, like, if you guys have tens of thousands of visitors, like we, we've seen people like that, and then they they're six inches from uh making money like a lot of money so if you guys don't know about affiliate marketing yet that's that's massive that's cool
0: so that what you just referred to there is that guy in the in the gold rush in california and he's digging he's digging he's digging for years he sells the field and the guy strikes fucking gold after like three feet i think it is isn't it and it's like oh demoed i bet he went and killed himself but they say that the the guy that made the most money was the guy selling the shovels wasn't he so that's kind of like the affiliate marketing. Telling the products off the back end of it. But right, guys, I'm going to thank you both very, very much for coming on. It's been awesome nice talking time. to you um, too. Guys, join the goldmine.com. The link's below the video. Uh, thank you very much, Donovan. Uh, uh, Don- uh, I nearly said it wrong then. I nearly said Jonathan Gam- uh, Gamble. Gamble and Jason Colore. Thank you very much. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you.